in, and that's what you always want to do, right? You want to compare year over year. And, and this here's a red flag, actually. Any agency that, that starts to talk about month-to-month -month comparisons or quarter-to-quarter yeah. -quarter comparisons of the same year, that's a red flag because you know what? At the end of the day, your December of 2018 has to be compared to your December of 2017. In March, it snows. Yeah, 100%. Okay. There's a lot of things that So you can't compare March to May because in May, guess what? It's going to go up every year. 100%. This is the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason, Jason Harris. Harris. All right. Hey, what's going on, uh, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. And I am uh, visited tonight by my guest, Ivan Sandoval, with uh, 4D3. He's a digital consultant. Now I'm going to give Ivan an opportunity to explain what that is and then give you guys his origin story. And make uh, sure you include the DJ part. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Um, so I am a digital marketing consultant for 4D3. Now, 4D3 is an OEM level digital marketing specific national program that combines partner agencies in all facets of digital marketing, like social media reputation, website, digital advertising, lead management, consultation, you name it, uh, to ensure the most optimal and current digital marketing strategies for all participating dealerships and we do it in the most transparent manner and so I think we were just talking a little bit earlier about how I'm in the how I am in the triangle of OEM <laughs> agency and dealership which is basically what my position is in the 4D3 program now to talk about the DJ part that's a side business that I have which uh, I tended to implement a lot of my strategies there first. My website is ranked number one in Toronto for the most important keyword, which is Wedding DJ Toronto. Shameless plug, go ahead, give it to them. What's, what's <laughs> well, the website? What's the, the website? Not that all that dealers I want them to go check it out, seriously. <laughs> SimpleWeddingDJ.com. SimpleWeddingDJ.com, which I, you know, I created myself. And anyway, that's a side business, but uh, I am a digital marketing consultant, automotive uh, by heart. I was with AutoTrader for 12 years. So uh, I got a good start. Uh, went from obviously newspapers and newsprint, uh, delivering the trader magazines and things like this, and and we developed ourselves into great digital marketers. And actually, a lot of old auto trader alumni are all over the automotive digital marketing sphere throughout the country. So I am very proud to be a part of that uh, group of people. And uh, then, of course, I went to be a digital marketing manager for Carnation Canada, which is a Southwestern Ontario, West GTA kind of dealership group consisting of generally eight to 10 dealerships consistently through uh, four different OEMs, which is Chrysler, Ford, Nissan, Hyundai, and Kia. So you went from vendor to the dealer world. So yeah, basically I went from- Tier vendor, two dealer group level. Exactly, to dealer group level. And now I guess I'm at the OEM level. So I've kind of done all three. Yeah, you kind of went this way. <laughs> That's right. And I did do e-commerce in there for a little bit, two years. I uh, took a two-year break from automotive, which, in my opinion, um, I love automotive and I'm glad to be back because there's so much we can talk about with automotive. A lot of what I did at Carnation Canada and some of the strategies that, that we made successful over there weren't relevant in the e-commerce world. You just can't sure. really, you can't video a hockey stick the same way you can video a car. Year to Unlimited amount of content. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, year to year, when you were doing e-commerce, a hockey stick has, you know, a quarter of an inch different, whatever it is. Yep. Uh, and meanwhile, a car has, you know, year to year, the models change so much, so many features, there's so many uh, trim changes, there's so many uh, features that 
it's just it's just endless that you sure. can film and it looks good and it's and that's one of the things I loved about automotive was the video aspect of it. Now the video aspect of it, how do you work on the video aspect? Um, does D three actually? produce video or you guys work with agencies to produce the video well we're consultants right so we talk about our past experiences best practices things like this we bring what all, all of our knowledge to the table in terms of videos uh, video advertising is done through the agency yep and we're there 100% of the way supporting the dealership to make sure that we're getting the best bang for our buck the best ROI the best and you know and, and explaining as well that the differences are what you need to look for or how we can optimize a cost per view let's let's say let's say you get a cost per view of 10 cents well how can we get cost per view with at 0 0.08 cents without sure. compromising uh the placements that the videos are are or the channels or or wherever that um, these videos are placed on so so we want to keep the in-market audience right at a certain level and make sure we're getting the lowest cost per view without going below where you're getting placements that maybe aren't so uh, optimal for your for automotive. Well, I think video has a huge play, and one of the things I think will be really interesting um, in this content is that you play in a very interesting space. Like I said, you play in the middle of that triangle, you know, between the dealer level, the manufacturer level, and the agency level. So you get to see from all different directions, yeah. right? And you know, for the last couple weeks, you know, before the holidays and for the last couple weeks, you know, I've really been diving into the, you know, we had an opportunity to manage millions and millions of dollars of ad spend last year and really just trying to find that sweet spot. What what worked, what didn't work. We A B tested a lot of stuff. You get to see that at kind of even a bigger scale, you know, between dealerships all across the country. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of curious to see what you have found or what you guys have kind of identified in 2018, 2017, 2018, and now moving to 2019. And I'll see if that kind of contrasts with what we kind of discovered as well. Well, some of what I identified, and it's not related to our program specifically because we make sure to correct these sort of observations, but from what I've seen in general from my entire career in digital is that so I was in print, and print is a spray and pray approach. Correct? Yes, yeah. of course. So still is, still is. And so what happened was digital came. A lot of people got excited. Now you can target people. You can get down to demographics, and it was great. And you could see what kind of value was coming in. And if you wanted to spend a certain amount of money, you could. And if you didn't want to spend that money, you didn't have to because you're only targeting the people that you want to target. What happened in it with a lot of agencies now is they are back to print just in a digital format in a digital format <laughs> because at the end of the day if you're gonna spend a thousand dollars in Grimsby sure you might not be able to do a thousand dollars in Grimsby if you want only 18 to 34 year old men looking for Ford Mustangs that's because they go for such a very specific audience um, you know the strategies that have worked for us in the last 18 months and moving forward in 2019 is that you can't have a single level message you have to have multiple level messages but you're 100 right if it's literally in market individuals i just got back from peterborough ontario okay it was a volkswagen dealership all right to find there is not simply simply there is not enough right in market people looking for a tiguan or an atlas exactly. that will actually even fulfill this dealership's quota exactly. and the numbers are just continue to get higher you know? So that's the issue with agencies is that they are they have to do scale. 
So the beauty of digital... But we don't want to use it as an excuse, though. Like, I hate... You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I'll let you go. But, you know, I just... I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the way that's the way the game is in most parts because, you know, it's just like a you know, construction job or something like that. There's only... The, you have to do a certain amount of work. And if you don't do that work, it's not worth your time. Sure. So when you're a digital marketing manager, let's say like I was at Carnation Canada, yep. I was able to do what you're talking about. We could take a certain amount of money and focus that solely on a specific demographic in a certain area and spend whatever that's spent only on that one strategy, yep. right? Uh, Nissan Rogues and St. Catharines, let's say, to soccer moms between 18 and 34. You cool. can go audience-specific in your targeting and hopefully audience-specific in your con or your creative as well, right? Exactly, exactly. So it would be a mom with a soccer ball, something like yeah, that. Really straightforward. Exactly. Try to ask an agency to do that for you. But we have to. I mean, it's 2019. I wish it was like I mean, the, the, the idea that we can put one single ad out there with one single price and assume that that ad is sufficient for every single audience that buys that specific vehicle, like it's totally asinine. Let's use the Rogue, for example, perfect example, right? And depending on where you are in the city or where you are in the country, I mean, I find the Rogue has probably three very distinctive audiences, if not even maybe more than that, sure. right? But you have a retiree audience, sure. you have a uh, smaller family audience, sure. right? And then you have a male slash female active lifestyle audience. Right? And there are three, the funny thing is, all three of those different looking people could buy the exact same model. The exact same model, the same features, the same color. But we put one ad out there, assume it's gonna be relevant for, for all three of those audiences. It's crazy. Yeah, and that the reason why is agencies have only so much manpower to throw into three individual buckets the way I would have. I sure. would have easily created, I worked with a graphic designer, it was basically just him and I for the, eight, the, the 10 dealerships. We would put together this creative and spend whatever that money spent, which made my dealer principal extremely happy. <laughs> sure. um, but uh, that doesn't happen these days unless it's a major scale operation. And with uh, PMAs and things like this, it's very difficult to really target down to certain demographics. It won't spend the money. And in a way, agencies are correct in telling you, well, you know what, you can't spend $1,000 on because they're looking single level. Like that's all they want to do. I mean, the the amount of money that we spend at the interest level of a consumer's buying cycle is astronomical. And then into the buying portion of their cycle, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. No one out there is really doing a decent job of build, developing an awareness at the audience level, mm -hmm. at an audience specific level, mm -hmm. and actually help them move down into that space. Mm -hmm. Put one ad out there and assume that's gonna do the entire thing. And then the downside of putting the one ad out there is what message are you gonna put out there? Exactly. Unfortunately, it's the message of price. Which, I mean, come on. I can buy a Ford Focus, a Mazda 3, a Toyota Corolla, a Honda Civic, all within dollars of each other. Sure. The days of these things being astronomically different, the vehicles being you know, dr dramatically different from each other, as it's ended. So, exactly. So if you don't have an in-house digital marketing manager who can actually implement these strategies, which I, I really suggest that you do have somebody who does do all of that yeah. for you. And uh, to be honest, a lot of it doesn't take a lot of time if you have a full-time digital marketing manager, especially around one to two dealerships, three dealerships. It should be a breeze to be able to run Google Ads campaigns. I mean, when I was at Carnation Canada, we ran, I ran $50,000 a month in Google Ads, basically $4,000 per dealership plus a bad credit car loans. Uh, 
website that we had as well, mm-hmm. which was competing against banks. And that was easy. I mean, at first it's a lot to set up, but afterwards it's tweaking, it's looking at numbers. It's very simple. Yeah. And I would highly suggest dealerships to have a digital marketing manager in-house. One, you're getting away from management fees. Two, you're getting defined the way you say, right to one mess or specific message to the specific buyer. Yep. And that's what digital marketing is really all about. That's the power it's of this. I mean, it's amazing it. what we can do. Yeah. If I wanted to run a campaign against single females between the ages of 35 and 45, I can do that. Sure. But to say I use the same creative for the retirees of 55 plus, that's ridiculous. You know, I, I see something kind of shifting in the industry a little bit. Uh, and, and I love I mean, selfish here I love being in the position that I'm in right now because we are a smaller boutique agency we are able to maneuver and adjust you know very quickly we are able to completely do audience specific which we call um, multiple levels of messages over multiple marketing channels these larger agencies out of the non-automotive sector these a lot of these larger agencies are falling down I mean agencies that dominated for 30, 40 years, in some cases, don't even exist anymore because they were so big and fixated on this singular style message, they could never adopt to what this new method is. I look at some of these big automotive agencies right now and say, I mean, either they gotta change and adopt these very audience-specific strategies, or they're gonna die. I mean, they're dinosaurs. We just got done talking about it. Other, not only just in marketing, but in website providers, there's some dinosaurs out there right now. Yeah. Uh, boutique agencies are great. I actually love dealing with boutique agencies, and, and it's not just to plug you, but it is true. They have an ear for specifics that bigger agencies don't. And, of course, our program itself, we all work together, so we're kind of like that in our in our sort of neck of the woods. But boutique agencies and in-house digital marketers, that's where really you should – that's where you're going to get the bang for your buck in, in all, along all of these different platforms. When you look at YouTube, when you look at – Facebook, Instagram, even AutoTrader. If you have, if you're relying on them to do your um, copy or, or photos, they're obviously going. They're not going to take the attention that a boutique agency might. Well, they don't care. They I mean, it's, care. it's, it's the day, there's so no benefit it's to them. Exactly. And taking the time and saying no, I'm not going to shoot this vehicle because it's not clean yet. I mean, they're not going to. Here's one thing that I thought um, that is really attractive for an auto dealer to ask is. When agencies charge a, a commission rate, twenty five percent on spend, sure, right, then that means an agency will want you to spend more. It's totally back ass backwards. In exactly. fact, I mean, look, I was on the dealer side. We talked about this. I had a dealership. I've, I come from the I come from the dealer world. I remember having a conversation with an agency, and I went from three thousand dollars in spend to seven thousand dollars in spend. My management fee went along up with it. Exactly. I asked the simple question of what do I get in addition to that? What additional work do I get from them for sure. that? Bottom line, there wasn't. Yeah. There was none. Yeah. And then the problem was is that their goal and objective was to get me just to spend more money. Every single time if a campaign did quote unquote work is because I didn't spend enough. That's true. And every suggestion every month is, uh, you know, they don't come with this big three-pronged approach of this is how we can sell you more Silverados or, or F-150s. No, no, it's just basically, I think you should spend $500 more, right? That kind of that kind of approach. So when you have an agency that charges you a flat 
flat rate, yes. right? Let's say five hundred dollars a month. And it's we'll exactly what we do. It's 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 a hundred percent. By what the we way, do. just I didn't know that about you. I didn't know. But no, it's good though because I'm gonna throw it out there. There's my shameless plug. I did I did, <laughs> I did not know that, but you know, as a digital marketing consultant, that is exactly what I, as a dealer, that I would look at, or as a digital marketing manager, that I would take to my dealer principal is we got to go with these guys. Why? Because when you're consulting with us. Yes. Right. With I'm, I'm talking as a dealer sign. You are looking for the benefit of us, because at the end of the day, if I spend twenty k, fifteen k, ten k, you yep. don't care. You get. Oh no, five. no. See, that's the crazy thing. So, um, one of the things that have helped us in our success, right, is that um, whatever you charge on that campaign, whatever you spend on that campaign, you spend a five hundred dollars on that campaign, you spend fifteen thousand dollars on that campaign. My workload didn't change. I still had to create the multiple marketing levels. I still had to create the two or three different landing pages, the nine different pieces of ad creative. I still had to create it. It did not does not matter to me at all that you spent five hundred bucks or you spent fifteen thousand dollars. My workload didn't change at all. I actually like where this is going because I think this is really cool. For people moving into 2019, we're already now in 2019. Um, what should a dealership sh should be looking for a in an agency and then i really want to go what should a dealership should be looking for in an in-house uh, digital marketing manager unfortunately that title i, I hate to say it, that title sure. i've literally seen it written out 15 different ways sure, yeah. <laughs> okay so major uh Two, two, two specific, very specific. Yeah, which one do you want to start with? Agency side or we'll start with agency in dealership? Side. We'll okay, start cool. with agency side. Um, agency side, what you want to look for is an agency that comes up with solutions for you, to you. Proactive solutions. See, there's too much reactive. Ah, uh, I like that. It's too much reactive. Mm -hmm, Everyone, mm -hmm. somebody sees somebody do it and then you do it, right? Keeping up the Joneses, yep. So let's say, let's say Black Friday, right? The Black Friday sale. Yeah. How many dealerships on the Thursday of the Black Friday? Oh my God, we got to do something. We got to do something. Gotta do something. Mm. I got great clients, but I still got the phone calls. Beginning of November, last week of October, an agency should have called and said, listen, Black Friday's coming. Let's create a killer promotion. Let's use YouTube ads. Let's use Facebook. Let's use Google ads. Sure. Perfect. You're way ahead of the game. You've already started your campaign well ahead of everyone else, and everyone else is just catching up. Sure. If you have an agency that's doing that for you, <laughs> then that's the agency you go with. And then on, on, on the second level. Now, I would push you one step farther. That the agency that you're working with actually would refuse to do a Black Friday sale for you. If, because that message, I mean, you think about it, every single retailer in the space is, I mean, Walmart alone spent over $12.5 million in advertising their Black Friday event. Sure. A dealership with ad spend between three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000, your message being Black Friday will get lost in the sea of Black Friday ones. Uh, so I agree with you 100%. We got to be proactive in it. But I push what a proper agency should look like is that they're coming up with something even more. When, when people are talking about this, you guys are talking over here something that can actually cut through that noise sure. of whatever that specific seasonal message is. Sure, and there, there's ways to cut through Black Friday, I and mean, you don't you don't have to focus just on the words Black Friday. There could be other angles, and a good agency would find that angle. Yep, there is a lot of research online published from Google themselves about how automotive searches during the week of Black Friday are the highest mm -hmm. of of any month. So you definitely want to capture that market during that time period. Perfect timing. But um, at the end of the day, what you really want an agency to do is 
get you to come up with a consultation that won't make them more money because then they're not salespeople, right? Now they're, and, and some agencies have a consultant, right? A lot of yeah. agencies have a consultant, right? But that consultant's job. The problem is that a consultant's job is also to sell. Is also to sell. That's so, a downside. Now the difference between a consultant and a salesperson, so when you see a consultant from an agency, they're going to give you a more roundabout, high level seed planting. Sure. Okay? They're not going to the clouds. sell you. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're going to plant a seed in you. And they're in the, in the, but the ultimate end goal, and believe me, they have pre-meetings about it. Oh, yeah. But they go in and say, hey, took a look at uh, the balance rate or, or that's so trivial, you know, the click-through rate on these ads and whatever, something. And it'll be great and it'll look like a great presentation. He'll just, and they'll say, well, you know, just think, think about maybe if we went in this direction, maybe if we targeted this area or, you know, maybe we can capture these types of buyers. Sure. Then the salesperson comes in a week or two later, right? Yep. And that's when it hits them with a product, new product, brand new product. Constant oh, upselling. How did that, wow, and I, just two weeks ago, he, he told me about that, that guy told me about this issue that we had, whatever it is. And that's the great thing about a third-party consultant or the Ford D3 program is that we are going in and consulting to consult. We're not there to sell. That's not where your your guys' money is, no, exactly. 100%. Exactly. It's a great space to be in, by the way. Yeah, no, it is. It's a <laughs> very great, neutral, very it's Switzerland. It's a very neutral <laughs> environment to be in, but it's what I want to be in because at the end of the day, I do want to consult for consulting's sake. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, well, I want to sh- implement it and, and, and have other dealerships do what we used to do at Carnation Canada. Well, we used to, we, we owned the YouTube ad space in 2012, 2013, 2014. Yep. We had a dealership, Auto Value Hyundai in Niagara Falls, that sold something like 200 cars in one month mm-hmm. in May of 2013. 200 new cars. Sorry, 199. We were one short. Maybe one short. <laughs> 199 new cars. The previous May of 2012, where there was no advertising, right? I wasn't, I wasn't there. There was another GM. The GM and I collaborated together to create a massive YouTube ads campaign. We had a third party create a video, which was uh, lead generating. Mm-hmm. And we decided to own YouTube in Niagara region. Own it. We actually did it all the way to Toronto because back then there weren't PMAs. There weren't, there weren't any restrictions. Nobody knew. We ran this YouTube ads campaign. Cost potential was astronomically low, I imagine. 0.02 cents That's cost per view. Cost per view. I only did 0.02 because I thought, you know what? At least for being the 0.01s, right? Anyone yeah, need to pay attention, yeah. right? Yeah. So 0.02 cents cost per view. The impressions were phenomenal. The leads coming in were crazy. And they sold 200 cars in, and that's what you always want to do, right? You want to compare year over year. And, and in this, here's a red flag, actually. Any agency that, that starts to talk about month to month comparisons or quarter to quarter comparisons of the same year, that's a red flag because you know what? At the end of the day, your December of 2018 has to be compared to your December of 2017. In March, it snows. Yeah, 100%. Okay. There's a lot of things that So you can't compare March to May because in May, guess what? It's going to go up every year. 100%. Okay. Uh, so May... That's a good indicator. My favorite indicator is... Uh, now, being the consultant is the key, all right? If you consult, uh, you develop out a strategy. People will buy the strategies. They, dealerships need to buy strategies, not products. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Like... A product is not a strategy, mm-hmm. right? As a product is something that we utilize within a strategy. Exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but unfortunately, there's a lot of agencies out there that would prefer to sell um, products, not necessarily exactly. you know strategies. So I think selling the strategy is a key. I think that also if your agency is 
asking you what you want to advertise, not what you need to sell. For me, that's the big indicator. Um, that, that's me. That for me, that was the red flag that's when I had the dealership. Big, that's big, was I was like, you're kidding me, right? Yeah, like, the, the, yeah. The, so a dealer principal of mine was very brash, um, and he would say. Isn't that what I pay you for? Like, aren't you the mar- you're new marketing agency? Why are, Why are you, you asking me, me what, I should, I should, yeah, what I should be advertising? <laughs> but anyway, going back to Auto Value, honey, they had sold 199. We did a massive video campaign, like I said. 199 cars in May of 2013. They did 32 in May of, of 2012. Yep. 170, no, sorry, 160 car difference, new car. So, you know, there's another campaign. Well, you found a space that you could bullish in, and he went all in. Now, I think the crazy thing is something we should probably just side note real quick here. It's that in 2012, 2013, you were averaging about two cents per view. Yeah. All right. We are still running campaigns today that are between three to five cents per view. Oh, in fact, okay. actually, in 2018, that was the average for our entire for our entire group of dealers that we work with was three to five cents per view. Just, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a little side now. We're kind of you know we're moving off topic yeah, here, but isn't it crazy that from like I'm like dealers wake up like 2012 to 2018, the cost per video view has not really changed that's that's impressive that you got three to five cents of you i did a campaign recently that so it was a five-day campaign big mm-hmm. sale blitz thousand dollars spend and we ended up getting thirty-eight thousand impressions nice ten thousand seven hundred views what was the view rate do you remember well one third of what's ten seven that's 33 but the percentage of 33 percent okay yeah, yeah. 33 i think it was 28 percent actually um and then a click-through rate as well. We had about 167, 200 clicks, something like that. Sure, so which is actually high for a video play because that's exactly. not necessarily the play for video. And People have to understand when they're running video, it's not clicks. That's not what we're looking for. Exactly, and a lot of times they don't even, the video's not even set up to have clicks. They don't put a card on there, a YouTube no. card. They don't put a, a CTA overlay in the middle of the video. They don't even put a link in the description of the video. It's just we literally have to do it, so we have to put it there, a little learn more button will pop up. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, so 37,000 impressions, 10,700 views, which again, for dealers out there, you got to think, we paid for 10,700 views. At a cost per view of? Eight cents. (laughs) See, I mean, come on. (laughs) That's so cheap. But the eyeballs on our ad were 38,000. Yeah. Okay. And we got all of our messaging at the beginning of the video, so regardless, 38,000 people saw the message. Oh, it was a complete win-win. But the cool thing is, is see... I know we're getting a little off topic here, but a video is so bloody important that we have to kind of go in the direction for a moment. Um, The cost of attention is so astronomically low right now that you'd be crazy not to play in that space. Mm -hmm. And when dealerships ask me, like, well, Jay, like, why, why should I be playing in video? I ask them this real simple series of questions. Do you remember the last three text ads you saw pop up on the top of your search engine? I've yet to meet someone that can list me the top, the three last text ads they saw. Fair enough. Do you remember the last three display ads? Maybe square display ads or rectangle display ads? I've yet to meet anybody that can name three of them to me. I asked them what was the last three videos they watched, and the majority of them can almost list all three of the last, if not even three to five of the last videos. Video has such a higher probability of retaining whatever the message is. As long as the message is relevant to the audience, you'd be stupid. I mean, if I told another company outside of automotive that I would say, hey, um, if I put a 30 second video of your product or service in front of a group of people that were interested in your product or service, 
Would you pay me a dollar per view for that? That's not crazy. 100%. Most people out there say, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a dollar. If you can put a 30-second video in front of people that are interested in my product or services, I'll give you a buck. Guys, it's not a buck. It's one-tenth of that. <laughs> it's three to five cents or something. It's eight to ten cents. I think it depends where your demographic or your target within the GTA yeah, and Ontario sure. and so on and so forth, right? Yeah. Um, There's different factors. I mean, come on. Of course. Yeah, Here's another factor, actually, about YouTube video, and it's not the cost per view, which is very important. I, I'm not too sure why people still aren't. It's such value, bang for your buck video. It's huge. It's it's it's. it's I get frustrated to the point where I want to slap some people around. I'm like, you're spending money on crap over here. I still have people that want to run tax ads. You know the problem, though, Jason, is the uh, actual production of the video. A lot of a lot of videos. The cost has come down so much. Look, right, right now we're recording. It. Right now we're recording on 4K video. All right, these three different cameras recording three different angles are going to record roughly about 200 gigs of data by the time we're done sure. here. Okay, yeah. for me to get that same type of 4K quality video five seven years ago. Thing would have been on the, on my shoulder and would have cost ten thousand yeah, dollars exactly. you know now they're devices that fit in my hand you know it's not people get caught up on the production value they think they got to go all high of production value sure. look this bad boy will shoot 1080p now don't get me wrong the microphone's only designed for five feet away from you but you sure. get ex external mics yeah. plus people want to see people don't want to see high production they want to see real raw content sure. i mean Authentic. You authentic. I, people use the word raw, but I, I think you're right. The key word is actually authentic. It's authentic. I've actually run campaigns where we're basically doing a product review, and you know, you know, the campaigns that do that, it just goes right into we're just doing a review of a car. Yeah. And I ran those, and those performed really well. I love looking at YouTube analytics. The view rate on those, and these were long videos. People are consuming them. They, they don't want to read. They just tell me the story, right? It's it's the new generation of youth. And I'm part of that youth, though I'm not that young, but it is really the new trend of co product consumption is that you want to see authentic videos. You don't want someone standing in front of a camera, right, with a microphone. That's old school. Yep. New school is show me the guy who's doing the video. Show him. Let me see his knowledge. I want show his thoughts and opinions of why the thing is cool. Show me the product. Let me see the product. Get into it. So, and... So there was, YouTube came out with some stats about how 18 to 49 year old, 18 to 49 year olds in the US, most of them don't watch TV anymore, as, as you know. Sure, but 90, that's our new TV, right? Yeah, 90% of them watch YouTube. And what I thought was the most significant fact of that is YouTube is a lean forward medium, whereas TV is a lean backward medium. See, you're so into YouTube. I'm, I, for me, I'm all about Instagram TV and oh, Facebook yeah, TV. Yeah, cool. I'm so hardcore in that cool. right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a lot of success with YouTube. Um, there was a dealership that I have, which is actually, and I've yet to find another dealership that has more views than them. Unique Chrysler, if anybody wanted to look them up. Yep. We did a, several videos which had hundreds of thousands of views. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they now have, I, when I left them, they had something like 5,000 subscribers and 4.5 million views. I think they're up to close to 6,000 subscribers now and and 5.5 million views but I mean they have more views on their channel than than uh, Chrysler Canada yeah which is crazy but that's the opportunities that's where dealerships don't get it um, moving into this next year and I think what's really going to be key in the next five years you're going to see the benefit of it in year five to ten is dealerships need to create an internal brand 
they cannot rely on their own manufacturers being the brand anymore. They need to create their own unique Chrysler or their own you know, Willowdale Nissan or their own Midway Nissan. Or their, they, they, have to, they have to find their own unique branding opportunity. They can't rely on that manufacturer anymore. And, but the cool thing is they can do it and they can do it at a cost that's incredibly low. I mean, the fact that you had a dealership that had more views than the manufacturer itself, Impressive. the brand is strong there, right? The, the, the issue is manpower, right? A lot of times at conferences, people talk theoretically and they don't talk it's about... It's all high level. They don't want to get technical. Exactly. So it's the difference between um, theory versus implementation. So how yep. you hear at a conference and somebody says you should do video. Okay, sounds good. And even <laughs> here we see... We, 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 we list 10 reasons why you should do video and that's literally how the conference goes. But not how when you're sitting in front of 10 sales reps at your meeting, at your sales meeting, the GM's there, he's got your sales numbers up on the board. How do you convince them to go out and pick up a camera? And when I first started, it was a camera. And if you look at some of the early videos from Unique Chrysler, that, that they were really rough, not professional level anyway whatsoever. How do you get them to go out and film a video? And there's definitely different ways to do that, implementing that strategy at the dealership level. And at the end of the day, it really boils down to a, B, C, right? If you've seen Glengarry and Ross, this is always be closing. Yep. But it's not always be closing. You, they should be closing anyway. This is activity between calls. Yes. So what are you doing in between your leads, in between your calls? It's an eight-hour day. It's a very long day. What are you doing? What are sales reps doing? They're either talking to the receptionist or doing a slew of other things. Sure. Which are not proactively increasing their career value in any way whatsoever. Well, we get, I mean, literally we have an entire podcast just on employee development and training <laughs> and the sheer lack of it in sure. Canada. And sure. remember, I'm, I'm not originally from sure. Canada. It's one of the few things I actually have a very sore <laughs> for. It's just like sure. we do not spend time developing out our employees in sure. any way or form. Yeah. We give them the keys and some brochures and say, congratulations, go sell some cars. That's um, <laughs> you know, but, but you're 100% right. We're, we're all content developers, all the way from the salesperson to the dealership, we all need to develop out content. I think what, for me, the way, the, what I see holding people back from developing out this content is a sheer lack of strategy. There's no direction. Right. If the strategy's in place, then the content has direction. Of course. Of and now course. they know what they need to be building exactly. off of. And that's, that's how we were able to get a lot of videos up at different dealerships. So I, like I said, there was a lot of stores that I was involved with. Another one that, if you guys want to take a look at, is Georgetown Kia. Mm -hmm. Georgetown Kia dealership there, just beside Brampton, very successful dealership, has over 3,500 videos, YouTube videos uploaded. Yep. That's 600 videos per year since 2012, since so I started the channel. 600 videos per year, that's almost three per day if you don't count holidays and Sundays and things like this. Yeah. Those guys... And the GM has to buy in, by the way. You have to convince a GM and the sales manager. Well, yeah, it's just got to go from the top down, exactly. 100%. So once you go in and you talk to these guys, you do a presentation as a digital marketing manager that you need to do video, right? All you really have to do is hone in on one or two guys. Those one or two guys are the example setters. They're the ones who are the, the best sellers anyways. Yes. Right? And so, so those are the ones that are going to go out and start doing the videos. And then those are the ones that eventually start getting customers from those videos yes someone comes in and goes uh yeah I'm i drove in from guelph uh, i just want to see the, the the guy who did the video on the you know the, the kia sorrento guy 
Or a better example would be at Chrysler, we had a, uh, two, two guys who were really good. Paul Dworzak was really good at Wranglers, right? Yep. And so somebody from Barry came into Burlington, or, and it happened several times, and Barry's one specific example because I was there. And they said, uh, who's the Wrangler guy that he had on your YouTube channel? And you know how many dealerships there are from Barry to Burlington? For this oh, they bypassed quite a few. So Paul is, if you listen to his video, he's so brilliant at describing all the features of the Wrangler. And we did all the different trims, right? We did yep. every single of the lines. So anybody who wants to buy a Wrangler in Ontario, they're finding that video. There's VSCO as well that I did, right? Beyond that. Once they There's find a the video, new guy you'll really like now. He's called Paul the Dodge Father. I just did a podcast with him last oh, week. Okay. Check him out. You'll really yeah. enjoy his stuff because he's, he's kind of the next what's version. His, um, now you're gonna put me on the okay. spot. Um, Maybe it's the same car. <laughs> but he has, he's only been in the business for less than eighteen months. Oh, okay. But he's crushing it, okay. and he did it all off the back of video. Okay, sure. So. So yeah. So activity between calls. If you notice, most of the guys that sell. So when I actually went into the dealerships, here's something that to ponder over: the guys that sold the most cars did the most videos. One hundred percent. So the guy sells fifteen cars at the fifteen day mark. Right, he's on set for thirty. Pretty good month. Yep. And he's got ten videos uploaded. Meanwhile. There's four other people there who sold seven cars and haven't done one video. Oh, I agree with you. I think the value of doing the video is clear, and I don't think there's anybody that can argue right now at this point, being in 2019, that there's not value in the video. Going back to what we were, kind of we'll circle back around, but what we were trying to do is identify you know, what a good agency should look like for someone that's looking to work with an agency, but also uh, what it looks like to work and hire a proper internet manager or marketing manager, whatever the hell you want to call them at the end of the day, right? Is that both of these, either agency level or in-house level, their understanding of strategy actually needs to be at the highest. Both of these, either agency or internal level, should be in charge. Their primary responsibility should be assisting the dealership in developing out actual strategy. Not running ads for the sake of freaking running them, mm -hmm. but actually developing out a strategy. I think that's probably a key feature in both the agency side and in the internal management side as well. In both agency side and digital marketing manager side, you need somebody who's somewhat aggressive because at the end of the day, dealerships are a more aggressive business in general. Yes. When I walked into e-commerce, an e-commerce world, and you're dealing with the Nikes and Adidas's and some of these other companies, and I was also with Kitchen Stuff Plus for a bit where there was kitchen brands and, and things like this. Quiz and art, they're not aggressive. No, none of them are aggressive. Not the way you have to be in auto. You're sitting in front of ten GMs, right? They're going to no. give it to you if they think you're full of it. For and, sure. And, and see, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I work with a lot of quote unquote marketing managers or internet managers. I mean, literally, there's fifteen different words, fifteen different phrases or terms for their job title, right? The one thing that I'm always surprised about is that they were hired because they had a graphic design background. Yeah. Or they were hired because they had a, a video background. Yeah. Or they were hired because they posted a few things on Facebook. They have a great social media presence. Like that's not who yeah. you're hiring. What you need to be hiring is someone that in fact actually they don't even need to know the ins and outs and the nuances of an ad plot of an ad platform. What they need to know is strategy. They need to be responsible for not only creating, maintaining but also measuring the effectiveness of every single strategy sure. within the dealership. Going back to what we were kind of saying earlier, moving forward, dealerships are not going to have enough in-market individuals 
right, to fulfill these goals and objectives that the manufacturers are putting out for them. Mm -hmm. So they need to have not only new customer acquisition strategies, but existing customer strategies and conquest customer strategies. They need to be diversifying their audiences. Ah, here's a good, here's a good one. Diversifying your audiences, right? Yeah. I have a series of videos that I've been kind of holding on to. Um, it's a series of me talking to a couple of GM dealerships out in the Oshawa area sure. about almost two years ago. And in the video, I actually make the comment of diversifying their audience. Because of these dealerships' proximities to the manufacturing plant, over 60% of their sales were to employee purchases. Actually, in the video, I make the comment, wow, right. what happens if that fails? Yeah. You know, and, and I've made this comment before, but man, I mean, I had no idea that you know GM was actually going to close the plant. Yeah. But these dealerships are now staring down the barrel of like an oh crap situation. Sure. You know, they're going to, it will go from 60, it'll continue to drop, 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 drop. But they had an opportunity two years ago to diversify their audience and they haven't done it. Mm -hmm. I look at Toyota dealerships the exact same way right now. If, if Toyota for some reason stopped leasing tomorrow, Look, crazier things have happened in financial institutions. What if they just stop leasing altogether? How would that impact your business? Mm -hmm. Dealerships need to work with not only the agencies, but whoever they end up hiring internally mm -hmm. to develop out diverse, it's a good portfolio. You just need a diverse audience portfolio. If you got all your eggs in one basket, man, you can get screwed. I know a couple Ford dealerships that are right next to the Oakville plant, the exact same situation. Uh, you know, the thing is, logistically, there's a new position at a dealership, and a lot of dealerships are still reluctant to admit that. Okay, which one and is that, that? And that's the digital marketing manager. Yes. The digital marketing manager exists a lot more in groups, I've seen, than in individual mm -hmm. dealerships, because they can scale, right? You can scale the salary. They're obviously going to earn a lot more, right, than just a regular, than just a regular uh, employee or social media manager or something like that. Yep. And most dealerships are reluctant to hire that person because of the money because it's an additional salary dealerships and you you've been a dealer principal so yep. you love salespeople because you don't pay them you only pay them because they um, actually i you. was different i uh my my uh my salespeople were actually on salary were they? Oh, okay well that's, that's <laughs> I, I removed commission did you i i'm always kind of doing things a little a little ahead of the curve i know right that's gonna come in the audio yeah. um <laughs> it's okay exactly. yeah actually my my, my staff uh, were paid a salary and then a volume bonus. So for me, it was all about the customer experience. Sure. And I didn't want the commission to get in the way of the customer experience. Sure. So regardless if they were coming in for an inexpensive vehicle or for a high-end vehicle, sure. which had a lot of gross profit to it, sure. I wanted to make sure that every single individual received the exact same attention, sure. uh, quality, yeah, and a, service. That's a great approach. And, but you know, the issue with the digital marketing manager is that they are a straight salary. Yeah, and 100%. That, and that irks, which is screwy. That irks every dealer to pay a straight salary because even, even tax, they're by the hour, but you charge more for the hour, so therefore you're making money off them. F&I, same thing. They make you money, and then you pay them off that money. So when a dealer looks at digital marketing manager, big salary, you know, if I have 10 dealerships, cool, then I can divide it. Sure. But if I don't, then you have these uh, dealerships who fall behind. That's one of the great aspects of the D3 program is the dealerships that are involved have a digital marketing manager per se. That's they have a consultant that can play in the middle space. That, I love that. That that's plays perfect. that. So individual dealerships that can't afford maybe to hire a digital marketing manager, hey, Ford of Canada has given us a consultant that we can sort of speak to about any, any digital marketing initiatives that we want to implement. That's cool.
Well, it's good to see the manufacturer sees the value in it. Absolutely. All right, so they're supporting. They're paying for it. It's coming out of there. <coughs> Excuse me. Manufacturer sees the value in it. They're you know they're putting their money into that. Absolutely. Um, dealerships need to do the same, and and I don't think it necessarily needs to be a fixed, a fixed salary. I think you can create a sliding salary based on the performance of the dealership, as long as the primary responsibility of that individual is to create and develop out strategies that directly affect the bottom line. Can I see results. Absolutely. And look, I mean, it's I it, it's there. See, I, I would show. I always like to show ROI. So what I'd show uh, my dealer principal is, look how many, and this was back in the days when reviews, I mean, every dealership has a lot of reviews now, but before, I said, look how many reviews we have, look how many positive reviews, look at our star ratings, mm -hmm. look at our a number of videos. And I would actually put them up on a board. We've uploaded 64 videos this week through the 10 dealerships. Yep. We've got 69 reviews through the eight dealerships. We've posted, right? whatever that is, in a week, one post a week, 50, <laughs> posts per, 50 posts, all with links back to inventory, back to this is the exposure, back. this is the amount of reach that we got, this is the amount of engagement. And then, and then the kicker was always, and it was all for free. Other than my time and their time, it was all for free. And that's something, like you said, if, if a, a good digital marketing manager can prove that ROI, create, let's say when you first arrive at a dealership, Take a look at how many views you have on your YouTube channel. Take a look at your reach. Take a look at how many followers you have on Instagram. Set that as a benchmark. Well, the, I think the kicker is is that um, it is it is super easy to get stuck into vanity matrix, okay? Sure. So vanity matrix like likes and shares and heart emojis and followers and subscribers and all the other jazz, right? Sure. Um, what I think is key is that who you're hiring, probably a good part, and actually this goes for both the agency and for the internal uh, position is that you ask them to come prepared with a series of strategies that will help them to assist in a actual goal and objective. Let's say um, it's towards the end of the year. I'm overstocked with you know previous year tundras. Right, give me a strategy or two or three that will help me all right to move these vehicles along. And the tools that are at your disposal could be anything. It can be video, it can be display, it can be text, it could be YouTube, it could be Google, it could be Facebook, Instagram, um, hell, it could even be LinkedIn. Whatever it is, right? I think the bottom line I see is just a sheer lack at the dealership level and at the tier two group level. It's just a lack of a strategy. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing there. It, it's just repetitively doing the same crap over and over again and then just expecting some different results. Isn't that the definition of whatever uh, insanity, right? <laughs> the, problem, the problem is that the leads still come in. The cost per lead is still low. Right? Oh, leads. Now, now we got to change that too. Now you, now you and I both know that all of that is wishy-washy as well because you know somebody looking for your own dealership calls your dealership and asks for John. That counts as a lead. I know. I think what it is is we have to redefine what a lead is. Exactly. You've been in the business long enough to know the same thing exactly. I know is that we never called these things leads. Yeah. All right, look, um, way back in the day when websites, technology was not great, okay, we were very limited the amount of content we could actually put sure. onto a website is that because we couldn't fulfill all the answers that a consumer would have about a particular product or service, we created this beautiful thing called the form. And for the longest time, we called them form fills. Every time a form got filled, hey, I got another form filled. 
at some point in time, I guarantee it was an agency, all right, decided, no, 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 these are actually leads. We're going to call these leads. Like even a contact us flow. Like a scheduled yeah. service flow. That's not a freaking lead, yeah, all right? It's an opportunity to have a, a conversation that can result in a lead, right? I always kind of play it out like this. Pretend that you're at a party, right? You walk up to someone and someone says, hey, you know, I've been thinking about buying a vehicle. Hey, Ivan, don't you work for a Chrysler dealership? Yeah, I do. Okay, that person's not a lead. <laughs> they think at that level, yeah. that's done. Yeah. No, but now you continue to have a conversation with them. You have the back and forth, you talk about a couple of the vehicles, different options and features and so on and so forth. Now you're about 15, 20 minutes into it and you're like, yeah, you know what? I think this truck would be really, really good for you. You know what? Maybe we should take the next step. Why don't we set up a time where you can come in and actually touch, put your hands on this particular product, All right? That's when something becomes a lead. Not when they just raised their hand and said, hey, I got a question. That's a bloody conversation, right? Someone filling out a contact us form, it didn't say lead form. It said just contact us. I don't know how we got so mixed up in this whole, well, lead providers got did a great job of it. Let me, hey, pay me some money and I'll provide you leads. It's a lead, yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, my actual... ROI to the dealer principal, I'd actually take out all of that. So I would listen to phone calls, I would double check duplicates, I would actually look at the leads and sometimes even talk to the sales rep to see what happened with this guy or whatever it was. And at the end of the month, I would give him that number as a cost per lead as opposed because to- Because that's the real cost per lead. That's the real cost per the lead. The acquisition is nothing. All right, no. that's, the co that's the cost of acquisition. The cost for me to get someone to ask me a question, right? Now, the funny thing is that uh, what we call leads, I don't call it leads, I call them forms, all right? The number uh, for dealerships has dramatically gone down year over year over year over year. But that's for the simple fact is that we have way more information at our hands on a dealership's website than we ever had before. Five years ago, we had some manufacturers that still didn't even have building price functions on their website. I think the reduction of leads is also an agency-created dilemma because ah, I've had okay, that's interesting. Absolutely, because if they're not producing leads, it's hey, everybody's going down in leads. I can give you. Well, I won't give you specific examples, but I have <laughs> maybe off off have, air. You can give me. Those I have specific. tons of examples of lead increases across the board, and even in my own personal business, lead increases across the board. So I don't necessarily buy that that leads are going down. Here, here, let me put it you this way. Tell any dealership to take one of their vehicles, right? A new new car, and yep. reduce it by $15,000, $20,000. Sure. $49,000 truck, just put it at twenty nine. You're telling me you're not gonna get a boatload of leads in the next three People days. are gonna inquire on that. That's what I'm saying. Like, we need to define really what these are. They're people that are showing interest. That's it. They're not a lead, they're just showing interest. So you're right, you discounted a car 15 grand. You're the cheapest car out there on the market. No surprise, a buttload of people are interested in it. But that doesn't mean that their interest actually turns to a legitimate sell. There's a whole play, a whole conversation, a whole process that happen, ha has to happen before their interest turns into actual, what I call, lead. Sure. You know, I, I don't know, I, I, industry's screwed like that, right? And yeah. there's a lot, unfortunately a lot of providers out there. I actually have dealerships that will actually come to me and, and actually tell me, they go, oh, Jason, I need more leads. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> a, you can't even take care of the ones you got in the first place. Yeah. All right, yeah. B, that's not what's going to sell. 
our call to action in our marketing message, okay, now we can talk about the marketing message, it's a good segue. Um, call to action should never be fill out a form. The bloody call to action should be to come into the stinking dealership. Sure. I mean, it's crazy. When did we decide that the call to action shouldn't be come into our location, but the call to action should be, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't come into our location. Just, just, just fill out this form. Sure. Another agency thing that we totally screwed up. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that's just made up. And of course, obviously, once you get the lead, it's about lead management. And even myself, whenever you handle a lead, the amount of effort you put into it shows. 100%. Absolutely. So you have a lot of people just answering leads just to answer them. And that's not the way we train. That's not the way I answer my leads. Yep. The more effort you put in, then you're talking about, okay... That's a real lead because now you're really sparking a conversation. You've gone from interest, all right, or just awareness over to interest. Now you can take that from interest and actually convert it to an action. Exactly. Therefore, now it becomes a lead. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think that uh, a lot of times, maybe maybe agencies themselves have to go beyond, go a step further. Is they get you the leads. But if they really want to protect their value, they should have maybe a lead management portion of their business to say, okay, you're getting good leads. Now we have to train you on how to handle them. That way we look good at the end of the day in the overall picture, not just sure. giving you leads to just to give you. We're actually making sure that, hey, you handle all those leads as well. Yep. Right? So I think that that's also something that the digital marketing manager has to be responsible for because every, every lead that comes in, every phone call, all these things are a product of your activity in the digital marketing space and you can trace them back to certain sources but at the end of the day like with attribution you, you, that's the big thing too in 2018 was attribution and the reason people <laughs> are talking about attribution is because you can't really attribute your own product that sold you the lead right so it's like Look, well, well we were the first ones in but yeah you, you got it over but here. you're the finished one yeah you're the finished so yeah, that doesn't really count because if you want to attribute who really got you the who got, really got you the contact, it was us. Oh, look, I think metrics need to change. And the funny thing, and this kind of circles back to what we were talking about with video, is that I think the metrics are changing. It's no longer about look. For the longest time, what we were buying is we were buying website traffic. We were buying traffic. That's what we were doing. We were buying traffic. We were buying eyeballs to put in front of a specific offer for a product or service that we have. That that's what it was. What I see, what I see changing with Facebook and Google, especially with their um, in-store visit analytics, is that we're not buying that anymore. What we're buying is actually engagement. That's what they want to sell. Yeah. Which I think is the reason why video views have been capped off for such a long period of time. Look, there's no reason that video should be the same cost per view, or damn near almost the same cost per view as it was in 2012. That's that, that's crazy. I mean, that's absolutely nuts, right? It is because the technology has continued to get better. Facebook and Google knew that this technology was going to continue to get better. Now we're at a place that we can actively put an obscene amount of video into the market space. And what the measurable is, is not um, a, tra a piece of traffic, but the engagement is the immeasurable. We, we have to stop looking at CPMs and CTRs and CPCs. We're like, we gotta look at stop looking at this crap. We have to look at how someone actually engages with a piece of content that we actually put out there. And the only, and the best piece of content, or really probably the only true way to, to measure a uh, piece of content is video. Video is the only thing you can do that with. Definitely when you look at the view rates, I'm sure you look at view rates on your videos. YouTube Analytics actually has, YouTube 
the analytics on YouTube, not Google, just YouTube itself are really critical for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, really 100%. Looking at the view rate. Um, but just going back to what you said about engagement, it's, it's interesting because the Facebook dashboards and Google dashboards don't talk, their first default metric you notice this too. It's cost per engagement. Yeah, I know. Engagement. See, they're changing it. They're See, they're changing. doing it. They're doing it. And I don't think it's anybody's having this conversation. No one's having this conversation yeah. yet. Is that no, it's totally it, obvious? It, like, but it's obvious yeah. to me. I mean, I, I see it. You know, my community, my conversations with Google directly and Facebook directly. It's obvious what they're preparing for. Look, the days of us having three, five, seven, eight, ten cent video views, they're gonna be gone in the next few years. All right, and then dealerships are gonna be like, oh shit, I should have bought in. And at that point in time, they're gonna be paying cost per views of close to a dollar. And even then, it will still be a reasonable price. Yeah, well, it's just like anything else. I mean, if you, if you get in early, especially with dealerships, as soon as they see a bandwagon of dealerships going on it, then they're all on it, and then it saturates, and then you gotta look for the next thing. And right now, yeah, video is definitely an area where a lot of dealerships aren't taking advantage of, especially when I, when you look at video and you do even organically when you do searches for vehicles in Ontario other than some of the dealerships that I was a part of which we had a lot of videos but generally speaking you don't really see videos from Ontario they're all American videos yeah. right do a search for I don't know uh, 20 2018 uh, Ford Fusion or something like that uh, 2018 Ford one F-150 um, and a lot of times you'll see um, some Canadian ones because we're doing a better job at it but you'll see a lot of Americans interspersed but mm -hmm. if you put 2018 F-150 into a, a Google search engine it's all local Ford dealerships and so I'm hoping and, and I hope that somehow Google and YouTube listen is, is YouTube as a search engine should become more geo profile so that when you're doing searches in there and people are searching locally for a video they actually see the dealerships that have produced the video local it's starting to change on the ad side it is organically it hasn't changed yet on the ad side it's very on the ad so. side it's absolutely local yeah you're right but that's definitely a space that you know more dealerships should take advantage of and at the end of the day if your digital marketing manager isn't pushing it if your agency isn't pushing it then it's not going to happen it's something that takes a good amount of a, a, a lot of effort to implement yes but it's not really that much effort. It's just something that you've never done before and has never been seen before. Yep. And some of the examples I've shown of those dealerships that I work with are still doing it today. So it's not difficult. It's just a matter of changing the mindset. You gotta get into the routine. It's gotta be a routine. It's gotta be routine. Yep. And you gotta make it routine. And again, it's, the it's a collaboration between the digital marketing manager, the sales manager, the GM, pushing towards the sales reps. And if, if those three are working together, you've got a really good dealership. You know what's funny, and we can kind of wrap this up, but there's so much similarities in what we should, what a dealership should be looking for as far as both an agency and an internal employee. Um, both of them, and you tell me if, if I'm wrong, but the consistency is both of them need to be uh, built, the ability to develop out strategies. And both of them need to be proactive in their efforts. And aligned. Yes. All aligned. They need to be aligned with the dealerships. So it's funny. It's all th the three things are similar on both sides, right? So what you should be hiring for in an internal person, what you should be hiring for in an agency is a strategy, proactive, and that all efforts are in line with the dealership's goals and objectives. Exactly. If you can find those three things in an agency, if you can find those three things in an internal employee, sure. that's a... 
That's a formula for winning. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll finish this off. Ivan, thank you so much for your time. I no really problem. appreciate you coming out uh, this evening. I had a great time talking with you. Same. Are there any Same. final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience out there? <laughs> no, not really. Just, you know what? Love automotive. It's the biggest industry out there. Uh, believe me, I've been out of it, and I just know that it is. And, and in terms of digital marketing, it, you can do so much. It's just a matter of doing it. That's awesome, man. Hey, thanks, Ivan. Yeah, really appreciate okay. it. This was great.